0: Hello, everybody. This is the Fullerton FC podcast with your hosts, Christopher Bedolian, and my brother here, Alan Bedolian. Uh, we're coming at you from a very weird time. We're just getting into the international break, which is uh, which is always kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we just had the last one,
1: too. Right? It's, 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 it's
0: only been three weeks, I think, between this international break and the last so we get some week and a half of no football so uh you know what it it gives this sort of boring time where we can't watch any premier league or champions league or fa cup or any cups
1: do you watch international soccer a little bit you call it boring but i mean there is but but i'm saying stuff here there there. there
0: is but but it's not the same you know we're we're still waiting we're Where, you know, we want the Premier League and we want the, you know, the the domestic leagues are where it's at. And and these, you know, Nations League and World Cup qualifiers aren't always the most spectacular. But it does give us time to reflect on what's been one of the most interesting seasons in recent memory, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I think just one more point about the international break. We just hope no one gets injured. That would be the most (laughs) ideal if someone gets injured, it's like, no. are you kidding me? <laughs> From this, oh. but no, you're right. I mean, I mean, a
0: lot of players even <laughs> snub the international teams. Uh, Mikel Antonio Especially snubbed Jamaica, season. yeah, and a few other
1: players as well because
0: they even see that it doesn't matter that much.
1: Yeah, of course, and we have you know that Brazilian national team drama too, <laughs> with teams and the, and the federation. But you're right. Shifting our focus back to the Premier League, which we always like to talk about, it's almost poetic the way that it ended right before the international break. We have this like early climax almost of two of probably the two favorites to uh go ahead and win this league coming together in quite a quite a fiery affair uh i don't know if you caught that one what did you think oh man that was
0: i mean i have to say that was one of the most divided matches i've ever seen as in Mm -hmm. the first half being a boring just Bored, boring party. I don't know. Uh, absolute boredom. I, think, I was,
1: I was ready to fall asleep. I think the Klopp, first half. Klopp may have described it as like some of the worst football he's ever seen. And
0: and like, and like, City were playing well. I mean, Liverpool were not playing super well. But mm-hmm. then, like, the weaknesses and the, you know, just this weird feeling that, that it was not going to be a good game, right? You know, they couldn't finish. They in when you know they could hit the final third, and then once they hit the final third, it was, it was completely just gone. Right. And then the second half hits and it becomes almost immediately one of the most interesting matches of the last several years. I mean in recent memory
1: for sure. Both teams trading blows. You've still felt like City had the quality. The quality, Mm -hmm. the movement class. I mean Phil Foden, how many times was just let loose on James Milner and just kind of had his way up until like the last, the very last pass or the very last play. That's where City ultimately had their issues, and then as the second half went along, it seemed like Liverpool slowly transformed from, or not even slowly, like within the first ten minutes they transformed from that team that oh just any other team playing City to this is a team that's to, better oh, than City. There,
0: there's title winning Liverpool.
1: Yeah, that we've been waiting for. I mean, quality everywhere. We're talking about salah you're talking about salah yeah i mean (laughs) no but i mean the defenders were were decent um allison maybe could have saved one of the goals i thought ederson was not fantastic both goalies i guess then yeah
0: yeah but that could just be virtue of you know quality attackers on both ends yeah
1: i just felt like every from every position there was competition Mm -hmm. from liverpool like obviously liverpool were struggling um you know, with no in, possess- in, in possession, city yeah. just dominate you. I think in possession and yeah, just preventing City from making the stereotypical like plays, mm-hmm. the city style, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, who didn't himself have the greatest game. Mm. But put put together I don't a know couple that of important some passes, yeah. Yeah. I
0: would say largely kind of invisible. Yeah. And then but then when he comes in, he comes in. Yeah, he reminds you who he is. Right, he sure. creates this cross field pass that is essentially the reason that the goal happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the quality of the players all around that field, I guess. Yeah. Like, they don't have to be well, doing well for
1: 90 minutes. It was almost like City's key players, um, you know, your Foden's, your De Bruyne's, your um, Jack Grealish's, almost started to get lost a little bit, while Liverpool's star players, you know, Salah and Salah. And, I mean, Jordan Henderson was bossing, bossing the midfield pretty decently. hmm and just all of a sudden, this revitalization of Liverpool was good to see for Liverpool fans, especially in a title in a title run this year that they will inevitably be part of.
0: yeah, and, and you know both teams showed the reasons they're they're here, and, and it's really great because they're so different from each other. Mm. City are this possessionally dominant team, this machine, if you will. you know they're not gonna let you touch the ball and they're just going to bombard your box with passes and movement and dribbles and everything. It doesn't matter who's on the ball, everyone has class.
1: They're always going to get more passes in. They're always going to get higher possession in your third. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the conversation, right? The conversation for them is who's going to put the ball in the back of the net mm-hmm. and when. And
0: and then Liverpool, they could you know, their their high pressing is incredibly impressive. And while it might not always work against City, their explosiveness in general, play. You know, they don't need a lot of passes to get into the other side. Almost reminds me of, of you know, old school Manchester United. Hmm. You know, few passes and Three dribbles, seconds. and you're already in the other side of the field. Yeah, that's what this Liverpool team reminds me of. And you know, Salah is. You know, I think we've been talking before the podcast that we haven't really thought of him as one of the best. you know one of or the best in the world. But he's surely the most informed player in the world and the the player in the world right now who has the highest quality.
1: I agree with you. I think, you know, I think there's Salah all these luxury
0: the most... Hollands and Mbappes who are really great players. But then there's, you know, Salah, the the workhorse guy who, who never stops. It's almost like his norm to be this good. And we kind of overlook that. And I think it's time to give him his credit. Yeah. I mean, you know,
1: with Mo Salah, he's been through so much as a player, I feel like. From the early days. I mean, I
0: remember when he was on Roma.
1: Yeah, I mean, but even when he was on Roma, I mean, he was showing how good he was. Mm -hmm. But he was just coming off of that rejection in London from Chelsea. And then being at Roma, just being that accessory player, that speedy guy, I think no one really took him seriously until he came into Klopp's system and then just thrived there. Mm -hmm. And, And from that conversation that we were having, we were talking about how... So, you know, sometimes, like, the best players in the Premier League aren't necessarily the best players in the world. Um, just because of the nature of the team, you can't invest that much in one guy when you're playing in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You need to be solid everywhere. But Liverpool has somehow been able to get this player in for not a crazy amount, a club record fee at the time. Yeah. But now it's dwarf money, mm-hmm. right? It's, like, how Now it's a yeah. regular quality midfielder 30-some-odd million, yeah. And they, they're able to develop him under Klopp to be just imposing on offense. The one thing that um, you hear a lot of is, oh, he's selfish. But what does that even really mean? I don't understand that argument at all as a negative to Salah because here's a guy who's, when he has the ball – He's looking at the goal, right? He wants to score. Mm-hmm. So whether that is, oh, play it off of someone or I'm just going to try this by myself, he's going to do his best for the ball to get the back. of the net.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, that's that's the thing that, that, that it is about Salah is he's not saying, oh, I'm a striker. I should be looking for a shot. Uh, You know, yeah, if he was in the midfield, he wouldn't say, oh, I'm that. a midfielder. I need to pass. There's a lot of, you know, times that you get stuck in that sort of mentality. Like, this is my position. This is what I need to do. I think what Salah does better than anyone in the world, is look up and say, what is the best plan? It's probably for me to shoot. And he does shoot and he does score a lot, but he isn't afraid to lay that pass off. No, exactly. Which... And he does everything that is needed to score a goal, regardless of if he looks selfish or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The, the goal is to win a game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think to, to that point, you know, players like Diego Jota... And Sadio Mane, right? We hear a lot about how, oh, Salah is taking all the ball. Those are players who themselves have had fantastic runs on this Liverpool team with and without Salah. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think you know to that point, it's it's hard to it, I'd be hard pressed to to call Salah and any sort of um, ball retention aspect of his game as a negative. Because yeah. he makes those players better in a lot of ways too. He gives them important balls. He comes in. I mean, his
0: assist to Mane in the the city game. Yeah, that was came out of nowhere. I was shocked to see it. And you know, I'm not going to expect Salah to pass the ball. He he has his free reign to do whatever he wants, and he's not you know the greatest passer of the ball. But then he just puts that ball and cuts the line incredibly, and you're like, okay, that's in his locker. Dribbling is in his locker, as we saw in his. His goal of the match that he goes past seven city players, like it's nothing, and you know just easily scores one of the best goals in Premier League history, just out of nowhere. Yeah, it's fantastic. So he has so much, right?
1: Yeah, and he's the he's an all around player, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's tough. Um, he's coming out. Um, he has a year left on his contract after I mean, the, after the season.
0: Pay him. <laughs> like it's a hard conversation to, to Ole style. Put it on the
1: table. Give him what he Give wants. Give him any number he wants. He's worth it. He's gonna ask for a lot. And right rightfully so. I mean, this is a guy who's playing, like you said, based on um form. He's the best player in the world. No, he has nine goal contributions in yeah. seven games. Nope. Six goals, three yeah. assists. Based on form, based on not even just the numbers. The quality. numbers are there. The quality, exactly. He his sig his signature is all over this the page of this team, right? Mm-hmm. He you feel when you have, um, you know, Robertson coming going forward, when you have, you know, those players kind of pushing the ball up, you feel like they have a little more confidence knowing that yeah. Salah's and, in and, and around. And, you know, he, he plays on the same side as uh, Trent, Alexander-Arnold.
0: <laughs> and Trent is he's, thriving. Yeah, he's right? doing fantastic. Right? 30 assists in, in just a few seasons, if I remember correctly. Like, normally, you you know, if you're, if you're right-wing players is... You know, selfish and not working with with that flank, you would see drop offs from everyone. But Salah does all his numbers, and everyone else around him has crazy numbers too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Trent over the course of a couple of years, he's he's come out. He's what like the top player in terms of <clears throat> in terms of um, crosses, in terms of distance that he covers from that um, wing back position. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's, the chances created, he's incorporating mm-hmm. him so well, and I mean, I'm just fully fully impressed by it you know i mean what when trent had his drop off solo was injured a lot of the time mm. so
0: and, and you know trent also had COVID.
1: yeah so i mean there, there's a lot of intrinsic factors to trent's kind of drop off but he's he's back so to speak yeah he's i mean as far as i'm aware he's
0: he's back yeah he's so. the regular old trent that's getting a ton of assists besides Defense. the current injury that he is has short yeah, term, um, but he'll be back after the inter- international break.
1: Yeah, so not a big deal. Um, hopefully, um, knock on wood. Yeah. I think knock on wood goes, um, in a lot of ways to the reason why I don't see this Liverpool team winning it this season. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when I made my prediction, I think I had them at fourth. Okay. Um, which is a little tough. Obviously, um, I know how good they are. Right, Salah for me is the best player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Like we just talked about. This team doesn't have a lot of holes. The issue is you're looking at a team that looks really good as a collective 11 and not much else there. That's my mm-hmm. main concern for Liverpool. I don't want them to be in a position where they were last year where they were using that this excuse. Klopp was using this excuse time and time again that he was picking up injuries, which is unfortunate and is a valid excuse, so to speak, because it is it was the reason that they did bad last year, right? I think we can both agree. Mm-hmm. But excuses aren't gonna win you the title, and if something happens, I think this team is, is going to struggle. Yeah,
0: and, and I also didn't predict them to win the league. I, I think their main weakness lies in their midfield. I just don't think there's enough quality there and, and they've tried to bolster it. Thiago. Right? They they bought Tiago Alcantara, they bought Nabi Keita. Mm-hmm. They've they bought a lot of these players who are just not working. And and the rest of the players are aging or not good enough. And I think there is a hole in that midfield. And while the team is still fantastic, I, I think in a previous pod, I said second place. Mm. And, and I think that's fair. And, and, you know, we're saying these two teams, City and Liverpool, are incredible, right? Yeah. But... I don't think, like I said before, I don't think either are going to win the title. I think this is Chelsea's year. I think, um, you know, we've talked a lot about Liverpool. I think City are, are in a bit of an issue. Yeah, I think they're so good. They're almost too good. And what I mean by that is they're so good that it's like we've almost highlighted and bolded and spotlighted their problem up top. More than anything else. I don't think a, a team with a, a midfield like Liverpool would have as much of an issue without a forward. But City are so dominant that they just need someone to put balls yeah, in.
1: Exactly. And, exactly.
0: And they just, it never happens. And it's
1: so often and it's, it's I mean, it hurts. You, yeah. So I don't think either of these teams will win. I think you really, really hit a good point there. City just needs someone to put the ball in the back of the net. I don't care what anybody says. You know, Pep is a tactical genius right Mm -hmm. he he knows exactly what his team needs looks at the He looks
0: at the bird formations in the sky to come up with his formations this man is a real
1: deal over here he's a serious serious manager i you know pep guardiola football those are two things that go together but i mean they just he's he's a master um he's a master at at creating um in moments, some of the best tactical decisions that you've ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, guys like Marez coming in and changing the game. Last season, it was Gundigan. I mean, this guy was putting these players in positions to succeed, mm-hmm. and that's why they won the league last year. And, yeah, there, there's no sentiments. There's no... No. It's pure football. Exactly. The man is, is clearly just crunching the numbers and putting the best players out and in their best positions to succeed. The issue became... As we saw in the Champions League finals last season, and as we've seen at times this season, right? I can think of was it a draw to Southampton early on, small moments mm-hmm. like that. He's overthinking things again, right? <laughs> yeah. Again, just like in the Champions League finals. He thought he could he thought he could go above and beyond offensively, that he completely forgot about, you know, holding down the back the back line, right? With the center defensive mid. At least one. There was like three on the lineup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's doing it again. He thinks he can overload the offense again. He signed Jack Grealish for over $100 million, and he becomes um, almost the third top in the world positioned left mid on that team with Foden and Sterling still mm-hmm. on the lineup. I know you have personal feelings about Sterling and, and and how his he's going. He's still a top player, I think we can agree. Rumors are he might go to Barca in January. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's conversations so, because there's three yes. mid, left mids on that team. He's trying to overload the offense and ignoring that you just need someone to put it in the back. And I think that's their I just, undoing. I don't understand what they were thinking in this transfer window. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, no one can tell me a more obvious thing that needed to be done for a club. Maybe ever. Right? I mean, Man City and a forward. Those two things need to come together for the city team to and need to, to win. be real. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense how they spent 100 million pounds on Grealish and we doubted it when it happened. Yeah, we said, they And didn't he's need a fantastic it. player, but he's One surplus the to requirements." They should have just bought a forward. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's almost like you don't do it at all in the transfer window when it's the most obvious thing in the world and they knew it and everyone knew it and they come into the season and they're like, why aren't we scoring all these goals?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? they're, they're struggling to what's, find the back of the net. What's the time. problem?
0: I mean, well, they, The problem was
1: in our face for the last two years. I think you're exactly right. I mean, the only team, what, they scored five goals against Burnley. And then they just completely, it's like one or like nothing. Like, there's issues for this team going forward. And I think even just look at the lineup of this game, right, against Liverpool. It ended 2-2. Two two. There was offense, you know, like we've seen this season at times from so many different sources right Uh uh-huh but where was jack Grealish playing he was up the middle right you know this this city team is is at that point where they're
0: so fluid that they shift a lot and and he starts on the he stays on the left wing and comes in a lot so he's like an inverted mid Grealish. but then
1: where was foden playing foden was a hard wing i i would say was he and and (laughs) yeah i thought at the beginning of the game foden was drifting to the middle Quite a bit.
0: And again, like I said, they're so fluid that they're always sh- shifting, right? This is not a solid
1: structure. True. This is a liquid. I hear you. This is this sort of amorphous situation. I agree with situation. you. I hear you. And that's where Pep's Pep's thinking works a lot of the time. He's thinking so far ahead that he's putting players in like these strange kind of positions that you may not be expected to see them, but they're completely fluid and playing off of each other. But then what happens when you're playing this game where you need to capitalize on your chances. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, Foden coming up the middle and then things just get lost in translation. You mm-hmm. know, they need that guy who's able to calm everything down and then just receive balls. Right. How many times did Foden cross the ball in two crickets? Right. hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Foden, what a game that he had. Like for me, he was one of the best players on the field. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, obviously Salah, Solo was here, but Foden was not far behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, Foden was really good, and during the game, I was complaining about why he couldn't put it away in the final third, and that's because when you're the mid, you're in that wing position, he's not used. You're to it. the one who has to pass it to the guy who's going to put it in the back exactly. of the net. Exactly. But Pep expects his players to play the wing, work the wing, and score. Mm-hmm. He wants them to do everything. You can't do everything. There has to be a specialist. And that's where they need a, a Holland or a Kane or a any real top yeah. forward.
1: I mean, do you know what this reminds me of, this situation? At its best, right? I think of Pep Guardiola at Barcelona, mm-hmm. right? Remember that full He had everything. I mean, he had everything. He had Leo Messi. He had Xavi and Iniesta in the midfield, you know, dictating play. You can see that at City a little bit with De Bruyne and with whoever he's partnered up with and just fluid movement. Mm-hmm. Who the false nine situation there was with a guy by the name of Ses Fabregas, who was otherworldly, mm-hmm. right? He saw things before they happened, yeah. And not to mention, this this is a big guy, right? Almost six feet tall, able to muscle off defenders, almost attack, almost a positioning benefit that forwards strictly have, right? But this guy wasn't a forward, well, yeah. He was Fabregas a false was a top, top, top player, he created a type of offense that a lot of teams are trying to emulate, right? A lot of teams right now are trying to emulate what Barca did back then. Even Pep, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. to no avail. And I think you have to sometimes put your ego aside and then say, I need a forward. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, I mean, we don't, I don't want to beat around the bush too much, but it's just so frustrating. Like you said, a team that's so good that just can't do it this year, in my opinion, because they're going to have issues scoring. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, as an Arsenal fan, you know, as someone who's not a City fan, I'm fine with them not having a forward. Like, this is all advice that I yeah. hope Pep doesn't follow. And that's advice that you should follow if you're a City manager or players. Is that Like, if City get a forward, it's game, game over, over. Yeah. right? We all know that. Yet it still hasn't happened yet in two years.
1: Yeah, I think when the Kane rumors came around, I think... I was in a similar mindset as to when uh you know other super teams in in sports in sports history come together and you just know when they're going to win, right? Mm-hmm. I was of that mindset at that point, right? I was like forget it. Like I think of the Golden State Warriors when they added Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. Oh, to Curry oh, and Thompson. Oh great. Nice that of won this? the league, won the NBA title that year yeah. before. It's like and everyone knew mm-hmm. that was it. A team. Yeah. What well, they lost like one game the season before, and then they added it's crazy. KD. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. If they added Harry Kane, a striker, Holland. the only position of neat or Holland, exactly, most even better. The world, yeah. Then that was it, right? This se- no matter what, no matter how close. You know, we talked about the beginning of the this series, right? The beginning of when we were talking about the Premier League, mm-hmm. Um before we like restarted, we were saying how this is the most interesting Premier League season we've had maybe since maybe ever, in terms of the storylines, in terms of the movement. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo's back for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. But if City had gotten a striker, then they would have been above all of that. We would have had all that bickering, all those plot lines, and then City would have just been here, and no, then we would have just and then had then win the And then yeah, But now it's interesting. Pep made it interesting
0: he did. by not getting a striker. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah,
1: so both these teams, still, in my opinion, the teams to beat, yeah. This season, the other teams need to show what they can do, right? Because mm-hmm. we know exactly what these two teams can do. We're just taking. We're just saying the negatives. I think that we both had for Liverpool and for City are reasons why they might they might just get nicked off of the exactly top at the this very is, end. This is
0: insane nitpicking. Not to exactly right from the top. We know these are the two highest quality teams in the league with the best players, mm-hmm. but we're trying you know we're breaking the tightest of of differences yeah. and that's what we need to do and I mean, that's for example yeah
1: that's why that's why we're being so harsh exactly i won't really want and to press it's not that. a dig on these teams no exactly like i want to say like if either of these teams liverpool or city come up against anyone in europe i i go for liverpool or I city i expect them to win exactly yeah. maybe I, I don't know chelsea Maybe Chelsea... But exactly, th- those are the teams that need to prove themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Chelsea still needs to show what they can do, right? Lukaku is unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. He's been good. We've seen Lukaku at moments where he hasn't been good in the past, right? In the, mm-hmm. A few years back. He's shown that he's turned a tide, but this is a season, right? This is, a, what, 32-game season. We need mm-hmm. to see that over the course of the season, which is why we've seen exactly that from this Liverpool team, right? This is the Liverpool team that won the league, essentially. Yeah. And then we've seen that from the City team that won the league, essentially. So, we need to see that from Chelsea.
0: Now, the Chelsea team that won the Champions
1: League. Plus Lukaku. True, yeah. I mean, it, it's impressive. It's. I mean, Liverpool went to the... Or Tottenham went to the Champions League finals a couple of years it's back. Chelsea won it. Different game. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I mean, this, let, let's and, and talk about that. You
0: know what? More. This That brings me to this Chelsea team. Yeah. And, you know, they just put away Southampton... Three to one, no goal contributions from Lukaku, mm-hmm. right? Lukaku hit the post, missed a sitter, and you know overall played well, didn't get any goals. So this Chelsea team is really good. They don't need, you know, they're not funneling into that one number nine player, and and that's what I was gonna, that's what I thought was gonna happen with Lukaku, but really like this, this Chelsea team is good all around, and personally, I don't see any flaws to them like I you know I'm trying to nitpick this city and this Liverpool team and I'm trying to nitpick this Chelsea team and maybe my only dig is that they don't have as many world 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 class players that Liverpool and City do but Chelsea have incredible tactics and great players across the field and I don't see any clear weaknesses to them
1: yeah and I mean where they they are strong where um this Liverpool and City team um, lack things for example like City lack that forward Chelsea have one of the best forwards in the world Liverpool lack depth this Chelsea team oh is so deep it's unbelievable I mean Pulisic I mean in the back Ben Chilwell Chalaba Chalaba has been excellent in preseason there's
0: your Hudson Odoi's your Reese James's your I mean come on Ben Chilwell has hasn't even he's played one match
1: and he was like the newcomer player that, yeah. to watch like last year a couple of years back for Leicester
0: yeah this Chelsea team is the deepest in the world
1: <laughs> 100% agreed and you know what What else I like about them um in the middle of the park um you know how, how big of a fan I am of uh Jorginho Kovacic both of them but Ponte. Sp- specific I mean yeah exactly Mason what you Mount. said well you know Mason Mount he's he's interesting but I'm um, specifically Jorginho right I saw an, an interview from Jorginho uh, yesterday or, or a couple of days ago um, where he said um, where he was asked, what's the biggest thing for you? Like what's, what irks you the most uh, about like what people say about you, you know, cause you're a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. People have so many different opinions about yeah. everything that you do. Right. Uh-huh. You just have to put those away. But they said, what he said, what's if you had to pick one, what would it be? And he said that I'm only here because of sorry. <laughs> He said, like, sorry brought me in, and then everyone thought I wasn't good enough, right? And he said, from then on, I've just been trying to prove everybody wrong. I think that's kind of crazy. I think, in a good way. I think he has, like, that chip on his shoulder.
0: Yeah, you know what? That that it just made me think, like,
1: he came in because of sorry,
0: but he stayed because of Jorginho. Mm. He is really good. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, he is overlooked. Exactly. Maybe until the Euros... I think so. I think really, overlooked.
1: yeah. I think the Euros people finally really saw how he's just benefiting everybody around him. How he's providing. He's just filling in a desperately, desperately um, needed hole in that Italy team and in this Chelsea team. Mm-hmm. He's really good. But and overall, like I think that's indicative, hopefully, of the team that Chelsea have put together. Just a bunch of players with chips on their shoulders. I mean Lukaku. Obviously he He wants to prove everybody everyone that he's here to stay this time.
0: You know, the United board, the the coaches, the you know everyone who doubted
1: him. Even now, people thought he was crazy to come back to the league that he's he's coming back to the league, one of the best players in the world, the like fittest, strongest player that you can I can think of other than Holland. Mm -hmm. But He's coming back into a league that laughed him off when he was still arguably that player, just with obviously some other issues that got With Manchester United.
0: United's poor management.
1: True, exactly. I mean, in general, and that team was just a mess, right? What was he, Van era? Or yeah,
0: through, through Mourinho? Mourinho, I think.
1: Yeah, that's not a healthy yeah, time. Definitely Mourinho, yeah. Um, it was tough. It was tough for him, and Zlatan was there. It was just a bizarre situation. Memphis Depay. <laughs> it's like a
0: fever dream. Yeah, it's. it's <laughs> what was happening back then with United?
1: It's hard to remember. I Europa League. Um, they won Europa League, but <laughs> it was just bizarre. And overall, like, yeah, people thought it, they were like, "What are you doing, coming back to that league? Like, you got out of there, and now you're stamped as the best. Like, keep it like that." But no, this guy still wants to prove people wrong. Yeah. And I think this Chelsea team need that in order to beat these very good Liverpool and City teams, um, especially the City team. Um, and I think they have it. I mean, they've proven so far this season, their defense is tight. Mm-hmm. Um, their midfield is otherworldly. and I mean, Lukaku is Lukaku.
0: They're ready to go, yeah.
1: But I um you you think they're gonna win the league. Um, for me, I think that they're gonna have to get past Manchester United. I <laughs> <laughs> hey, carry on. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, thank you for that by the way. Um, i've I've heard a lot of it. I've done it personally to this United team for a decade now right I've laughed them off I'm frustrated at them today and yesterday and tomorrow and next week I'll be frustrated but there's something about bringing Ronaldo in man
0: I don't care man. I don't know
1: I don't I hear that oh it's a marketing play oh it doesn't fill the need that they had in the center I hear that but I think that Ronaldo's making that difference for United he's they're not going for the desserts man. What do you think? I mean, <laughs> look, start, I'll, look, look, I'll look, cap what you say. Look, Go. Manchester
0: United, they're not in the same level All right. as this Chelsea, Liverpool, and City team. Where we are nitpicking hard on this top, top quality City, Chelsea, and Liverpool teams, this United team, I could name their issues in my sleep. Right? The most obvious one is their lack of quality box-to-box, m- midfield. box-to-box defensive mids. I I have been saying it for a while now McFred doesn't work. Hmm. It just doesn't, right? For some reason they they're they're spending all this money on, you know, not very valuable players. I'm you know, I was not a big fan of the Jaden Sancho transfer as were you. I was. Um yeah. I think Ronaldo good. is a good deal if you're fine everywhere else. You know, if you're buying Ronaldo and then not addressing your gaping hole in the midfield that is losing you, you know, spots on the table consistently year on year. It's just doesn't... It's not the same. And, and that's why I have United, and I've had them, you know, since the start of the season, as a distant fourth yeah. to the rest of the teams. There's just too many blatant issues. I don't even have to nitpick.
1: I agree with you every, everywhere. Everything that you said, <laughs> I agree with. Okay, Jaden Sancho disastrous okay i don't know how who how many people that went through that decided that judo was worth that kind of money but the the hole in the midfield i i'd say there's still a hole at center back i think bringing in varan who's a world-class player who himself is not perfect and in an un um in a non like I don't believe that Varon and, and Maguire is a successful partnership out of out of the gate. I think they need to work together for a while. Mm-hmm. Center backs need that kind of Yeah, you
0: need a season. Yeah, you need or half a season You need to least.
1: develop that that bond with each other mm-hmm. that, you know, who's gonna come up, who's gonna be the last man, you know what I mean? Type mm-hmm. of thing. And then Harry Maguire himself, who who has issues at times this season. Um, you know, he, he ended last season well. Uh, he started this season well, but slowly we start to see oh, there he is, out of position again. There's Luke Shaw out of position again, time and time again.
0: Yeah, all these players out of position. I wonder who's telling them to be in these
1: positions. Yeah, so that's that's where I and think that, we agree. And I've, I've yeah. said so
0: many holes in this United team, and I didn't even mention the biggest one. Head coach. And, I mean, these players are always out of position. <laughs> who's telling them to go to these positions? It's Look,
1: I mean, I don't know if, um, if our viewers... Got a chance to see uh, Sir Alex's conversation with Khabib Nurmagomedov <laughs> and how he he said, you start your best players. You always start your best players. Ole decided to put Ronaldo in in the last 30 minutes of the game. What was he thinking? I have no clue. Start your best players. Maybe he thought
0: Fergie subbed on his best players
1: as superstars. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that's actually He's not a bad idea. Himself. That's not a bad uh, that's not a bad point he, he thought it was gonna just be like <laughs> that's the way that Fergie did it oh I uh, mean, yeah he did all that stuff at the end of the game right <laughs> no i mean for real this guy is in out of his depths that a lot of times we know it i'm watching what he does and i'm just constantly baffled at times but i think this team with ronaldo and all of those holes that we talked about I think adding Cristiano Ronaldo just pulls it pulls it through. This is a player that historically you can't put him into any box. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. You put him into the game any game with a decent team, right? Okay. We're not talking about, you know, bar none. Obviously this United team top to bottom is worse than the top four. Maybe even right, throw in a couple other of the teams like just outside of the top four. Right. Yeah, they, they can be beaten by. They can be beaten by. The teams in the league, and They were just beaten maybe. by Everton pretty convincingly. No, no, they tied. Oh, they were t- they tied Everton. That's right. Pretty Very convincingly. Pretty tied. convincingly. <laughs> and I mean, they're sitting in with the same points. And then points. Andrews Townsend put a pop the sue on them. Exactly. He did. Yeah. My point being, though, they're within a point of all these good teams, and they're clearly the one, the odd sheep in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, wait, hold on, what, like. You're reading the lineups of this team, and you're reading, you're like, what? But then, at the very last name on that page that you read, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. This team can win the league still.
0: I mean, yeah, a lot of teams can win the league, can win the league. I just, I, it's just, man, those other teams are just so good, and the individuals of United can only take them so far, and they can take them to top four. You're right. But the rest of it is up to the manager. I mean. The three teams that we've been mentioning: Liverpool with Klopp, manager of the year for many years now. I mean, I, for me, he's been one of the best managers in the world. Agreed. Pep Guardiola, the man, the the best coach of all time, arguably. You know, and then Thomas Tuchel, just this hard-nosed tactician, who you know who has worked with the world's best. And you look at all these players, you look at all these managers and, and you look at Ole and you're like, oh, you know, he's Ole, he's, he's new, he's, he's not new. Not new, yeah. And I was incredibly surprised to see that he has been coaching almost as long as Pep has, just a year difference. Mm. That shocked me. The, Ole is not near these other managers yeah. Yeah, he's had so much experience. Yet. No, but he's had this experience. No, you're
1: right. Ole will never be that tactician. He'll never be a man manager. He he's just he's kind of just there. And I it, think it isn't ideal, but I think it's enough with Ronaldo. If if he wasn't a United player, he wouldn't
0: have a job right now. If and, and that goes for a lot of... Arteta also, I would say, if he wasn't in, an yeah. Arsenal player, he wouldn't have a job. Mm-hmm. If only wasn't a United player.
1: Yeah. There, he would not he have, doesn't have a have United that characteristic. job. He doesn't have that characteristic that says, oh, there's something here we can work with. He doesn't have that. He's a complete kind of facilitator right now. We haven't seen what makes him really worth taking this team and going with it. But he's the coach. Right, And he's a coach of a talented team. Extremely
0: talented team. And it's a crime that nothing players. has happened
1: from it. You know, Bruno Fernandez, um, right off the bat. Mason Greenwood is looking looking back to maybe not quite as good as we thought he was going to be last season um, with that perfect kind of, not perfect, but really, really high conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's looking really solid now. And, I mean, this team, plus Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, I can I think back to the Champions League, right? Two horrid performances, two performances in the Champions League that you're not going to win the league. You're not going to come close with those types of performances, right? Against Young Boys and and was it Villarreal? Mm-hmm. They're they're looking they're sitting pretty, like they're going to continue on in the Champions League. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's still up for grabs. It's still up for grabs, but I mean, they're looking like they might move on after two abysmal performances. That's the Ronaldo effect for me. I think that cannot be overlooked when you're talking about the top four right now. Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, no, they'll be in the top four. It's. <laughs> I just think they're going to be like a really distant top four. Yeah. I mean,
1: especially if you watch the games, it's tough to watch United and then come out the same man that you came in <laughs> before watching United. You know, they take you through so much, that team. So, such poor passing at times. I mean, at times, Fred just kicks the ball out. And I'm just and Bruno's shooting from outside the box. Bruno keeps taking shots. Fred sometimes takes shots. Fred takes uh, even worse. And Fred then Fred takes field goals. You know, I I'd like to think that Marcus Rashford coming in maybe opens up some space for Bruno. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's theoretical at this point. We don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Cristiano, obviously, we know Cristiano and Bruno doesn't really work in Portugal. Um, we'll see what happens when we add another talented guy like Marcus Rashford. And kind of turn more into Portugal, with guys like Bernardo and Rafa on the wings there. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, uh, just another exciting, exciting team to follow and intrigue all the way through. I mean, we'll see. We'll see where United go.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, that's really the summary of the top four situation right now. We'll see
1: how it goes. You
0: know, there's there's so much quality there's, and and the greatest thing is they're all so different, mm-hmm. and it creates this incredible dynamic. And that's going to be really exciting to see in the future, but I do want to shift the discussion over to a very good team. Watford, Watford, Watford.
1: They got the coach got sacked. That's the good oh, team you're talking about, right? I mean, maybe not a good team. Let's, shift to, about? Okay. let's shift to right, the fine. good team that you thought so, you're you about to. Announce. So,
0: as is tradition, Watford sacked <laughs> their manager. Um, rest in peace. Uh, it was it was too short. Um, they've had double-digit sackings in the last 10 years. Yeah. More sackings than years have passed. You know, that's They crazy. haven't had a coach
1: for longer than two seasons.
0: Yeah, they've done a sacking at least once a year since 2013 or 20, 2011, I think, in the last 10 years. They've had about 13, 14 managers, I think, something like that, maybe 16. Like an incred- At that rate, I mean, at that level, it doesn't matter what the number is. It's crazy, it's and and the bizarre. and what I've heard from Watford fans is that he was not a good manager in the first place. Yeah, and that he was gonna get out regardless. But still, like the team wasn't doing bad. They're in fifteenth place. They're clear relegation by four points. Right? They have more than double the the relegated teams. It was just a bad run, run of right games. Now. It
1: was like three games.
0: And no, no, they're about to hit.
1: Oh yeah, the tough spot. Tough. They're about to face (laughs) the entire army of the Premier League's best. Yeah, if you
0: haven't looked at the Watford's fixture list, guys, check this out. Liverpool, Everton, who are playing well under Rafa Benitez. Southampton, who have a really good defense, kept a clean sheet against Man City. Arsenal, who are, you know, some sort of revitalizing this. United... Mm -hmm. Leicester, who have not done so well lately, they're on the off the deep end. Chelsea and then City.
1: That's tough, man.
0: Basically, I mean, that is a, where that you expect maybe three points out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven uh, out of eight games. You expect three or four points out of eight games, and that's what Renieri boom, is Claudia about to Ranieri. face. Boom. New manager Claudio Ranieri is about Premier, to Premier undergo the greatest trial by
1: fire I've ever yeah, seen. I, I don't think, I don't think anyone really. I mean, if you think Watford manager and you think sacking, you cannot back them. But can you back the man who was doubted five thousand to one to win the league <laughs> and did it? Because he like, was doubted by the team that he won the league with. He got sacked by Leicester the following season. Likely based from a team kind of coup from the Mm -hmm. reports that was four years ago but i mean here's a manager who did what no one thought was possible who remains the conversation in soccer for probably the rest of eternity (laughs) as just this legendary man and he's come into the most the most standard downward trending position. The most
0: volatile position
1: volatile, in all of the Premier League. Little expectations as they come. It seems
0: like there's crazy expectations for Watford yeah. managers. Well, from the rest of the league for yeah. any different yeah.
1: situation. Crazy expectations from the Watford management, you're right. I think of Roman Abramovich at Chelsea, right? Sacked um sacked José Mourinho after they won the title. Conte, I mean, the trend that that Chelsea follow that they found success with Watford think that they can find success with and I mean to a point they've come up a couple of times but this is going to be a tough one for um for our boy um for our boy <laughs> Claudio Ranieri I will always back Claudio Ranieri I love this man he's incredible we'll, we'll see I mean yeah. it's tough
0: and you know it's tough w- Watford has good pieces
1: they do yeah I, I, I hope it'll happen
0: you know their best player Ismael Assar, is incredible like there are good pieces to work with I think he'll improve the team I just I don't think Watford
1: deserve him <laughs> yeah me neither I think um I think Watford um will be a team to watch with Claudio Ranieri at the helm I think they have talented players like you said um yeah I mean I think they could survive yeah
0: no, I think they'll survive. I yeah. know, I didn't peg them for relegation when we talked about
1: it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did either. Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. Plus Ranieri now a really really solid coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see with Watford. I I want to go back um to when I interrupted you to talk about um, Munoz's sacking and Claudio Ranieri's appointment. Um, where were you going? Um, what top oh, team were you referring of to? of course.
0: And I've expressed my appreciation for this team a while ago, and and I want to do it again. Is is Brentford.
1: Oh, wow, yes.
0: And when I saw them in the first match of the season put away my arsenal (laughs) with ease, not relative ease, absolute ease, I was impressed by them, and I keep watching them, and that was not a one-time thing. They are an incredible team, and I gave props to Mbwembo Mbwembo, a while ago as one of my deep-cut favorites of the season so far, and he has continued to be incredible. Yeah, and and Brentford have just come off a two to one win against West Ham, and this is a fully healthy West Ham team who are flying. They've been flying. They're in Europe. They're they're a top quality team, and this Brentford team comes in and 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 they take the win two to one in in great fashion. And their defense is really solid. They have these pieces up top that are great. There's nothing I see that doesn't stop this Brentford team from having one of the more impressive promotion seasons
1: of, of, of a lot
0: of teams. Yeah. Relatively.
1: I agree with you. I mean, I think we both we both were, were praising Brentford before the season even started as a team that's fearless, a team with really good signings, right? I think of Christopher Eyer, I think of keeping Ivan Toney almost as a signing in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Hasn't flown off the radar. I mean, hasn't flown into radar of Yeah. Like, of like all oh, the top strikers, but still a good player. Umboembo, like you mentioned, saying remember this name. <laughs> yeah, huge. I mean, you yeah you were you were high on him. You were you thought he was going to be huge, and he's been completely um, blowing everybody's expectations. This Brentford team play to win, which I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Almost in a way that Leeds do, but their defense seems their to be a little more incredibly structured. solid, in their goalie goalie and they have great goalie and David Raya. Oh, he's
0: incredible. And this team has all the tools to be a successfully promoted team and to stay in the league and to build off of that. And so, you know, huge props to them. They're they're up in the league to 7th um, place. Uh, three points, actually two points off of the top four. Um, three <laughs> points to be clear. And I know right now it's early times. Right. But you don't expect a newly promoted team to start as well as they did with only one loss. Three wins, three draws, one loss.
1: Or even be top half for that matter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the other promoted team, Norwich, bottom of the table, bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. Not in a good position at all with one point. Yeah, I mean, that was... And then you have Watford, who are just outside the relegation zone, who have sacked their manager, and have just got a new manager in. And then Brentford is chilling, and they were the low, they were the third team to qualify yeah, and they're just they're just vibing and they're going through and putting away really good teams.
1: Yeah, I mean Brentford. Um, I think we both wanted them to go up a couple of years ago. When Ben Ramo was on there. When Ben Ramo was there, um, and then lo- when they lost to Fulham, I think that was when Ben Ramo was there yeah, in the in the playoff. In the, that was a fun final. game. Yeah, was it Brian
0: Brace or something?
1: Oh, didn't he score like a crazy yeah. free kick from like thirty <laughs> something yards? Yeah, and then Fulham, of course, got relegated the next season. I think it was clear. Um that Brentford would be a competitive team coming into this season. Mm. but I think um I think we both just believe that this team has a lot more than even just that. I think they have a chance to shock a lot of people um, with their position at the end of at the end of the day. I mean, West Ham, let's not forget this is a team in Europe right now. Yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like top quality like you mentioned, healthy. Um, I mean they have a player in Declan Rice that every team in the league wants.
0: and they've you know Antonio who's flying.
1: Antonio is killing it at the top of his game. And yeah, I mean Brentford just look really really solid. I think that this is a team to watch, definitely, definitely. And not I mean not to say that And they've been a team to watch, yeah. Yeah, not to say I mean Norwich, Watford, uh, it was it's tough for them. It's tough at the bottom of the of the Premier League because you're constantly week in and week out playing Maras and Salah and, you know, even Leicester right now, who's And Norwich did have a tough start to the league. Exactly, exactly. They played a
0: ton of great teams. I
1: mean, I think about Arsenal, right? Arsenal had those injuries, had those COVID issues. And then they had to go up against... um, So the first first two games, they had to play Chelsea and City. And then before that, they played a Brentford team that everybody's sleeping on that we think is incredible. So a lot of these teams are just victims of playing teams that are just really, really solid and are just tough matchups. And I think it's hard for promoted teams in general, as we've seen, um, to really create something for themselves. Versus in other leagues where we see teams get promoted, um, they tend to stay. Right? It's, yeah. it's a little. It's a little easier for them to stick around than it is for a team in the Premier League. So I mean, let's let's call it how it is and. Let's not um, completely go down to a team like Norwich. I think we both agree. I mean, it's just... it's. Tough and they for
0: made them. bad decisions. Agreed. 100%. They, they didn't address their loss of Buendia. It, it would have been like if Aston Villa did not
1: address Grealish going Grealish, away. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think they deserve to be where they are right no, now, agreed. sadly. Yeah. There's just so many... Their teams are just better than them. You know? It's just a sad reality. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it's a drastic difference. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. That's why I think the bottom three... um right now, is pretty pretty solid. Like, there is a bottom three. Throw Watford in there, maybe four. But uh-huh. something to watch. I mean, teams need to make signings. They need to address the issues that they have. I think about Newcastle right now and the potential takeover that I'm hearing is back on.
0: Yes, the takeover from Saudi Arabia is supposedly back on from really credible sources. Wow. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe... But Mbappé? Yeah,
1: I mean, but that's, I think that's a good transition Mbappe from... Mbappé to Newcastle? You know what? I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> I would. <be laughs> it. I, you know, I think it's a good transition from, you know, talking about how teams are just better in a lot of ways. And a lot of that is because of the money that's come in, you know, from all these external places. Uh-huh. And to take a team like Newcastle, a team with so much history in the league, a team that. Is a Premier League mainstay, other than the fact that they drop sometimes because they're just not good enough, and it's kind of a sad history. But then it's like, do you really want a takeover to happen, and then for the sake of the rest of the league, just to have another super group? Or Dude, they, they might get
0: relegated <laughs> before this takeover takes into effect. Yeah, they could seriously be relegated. It's it's a clear possibility. Yeah. I it's mean, hilarious.
1: Yeah, they're they're not in a great place right now. Um, obviously they they still have um, the issues up top um despite making um, Callum Wilson their go-to guy he's he's a little bit of a uh he has a little bit of injury issues at times it seems like their tactics are just to cross it or just to send it up yeet it up to almiron and Saint maximon and just hope that they do something yeah but I mean imagine like a, a Ownership comes in from Saudi Arabia, direct rivals of other groups, other <laughs> um, oil-funded um, groups yes. um, from the Middle East. Teams that partake in the oil business. Exactly. I mean, you know, City Football Group and stuff like that. We'll see. I mean, it's crazy what this league has come to now. I mean, you talk about Klopp and Liverpool act like, oh, we're that team without all that money, which is it's true. True, but it's funny. the and that's way. That's the
0: reason that they just only recently been you know catapulted right. into top
1: quality. Yeah, I mean, it's Klopp. They've done it nicely, but I just for me it's not an excuse though. No. And and I see Klopp sometimes it's complain about excuse. you know, I think he was talking about City and he said, "Oh, they can if we have injuries, we have issues, but if they have injuries, they can just call someone up from New York." It's and true. It's true, but you you'd like to think that um that there's a little more fight in them that maybe with the ind- with the introduction of Claudio Ranieri back into the league at this point, um, I think that's something that everyone should watch because here's a man who did it with all that money in the game, right? Mm-hmm. The, all that money was there. All the top players were everywhere. His players were all bang average coming into this, coming into the season in, in terms of their history, right? These were not players that were on anybody's radar, and now some of them have just catapulted, and he's won the league. So I think that's a good reminder to everyone that, you never know, you know?
0: Yeah, so, you know, we might get an answer to the Newcastle situation by next week. I think that's what I recommend you guys look at, see what's going on, see if you can figure out what what the deal is there. Because, you know, that could be a really big development. And it's been in the talks for years now, but I really think it could happen.
1: I mean, now. I think about... Um What's another ownership? We saw Thierry Henry with... Um, with Daniel Eck. With Daniel Eck the other day. What's going on there? Yeah, Do you I have mean, any updates? <laughs> not really.
0: It's just they're waiting. Uh, we'll see what happens. Do you think that'll they're, happen? There's not much. I, I don't think it'll happen in the near future. I think we have to wait a little bit. The credibility is there, though, with mm. Henry. Yeah, and all the other players that are associated. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we'll have to wait. I think Stan Kroenke is a stubborn little guy. <laughs> a slimy yeah. guy. I think as long as the team
1: um are looking good i think that's what arsenal fans want
0: yeah and and you know they started looking good and props to brighton for controlling the midfield like crazy without basuma against us totally and who knows when he'll see he'll see the field again
1: but Mm. we don't want to talk about that no yeah no place in that yeah
0: but Uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how ownership shakes up it could be in the next day next week next month who knows Right. We're just going to see it happen and we're going to get our jaws dropped.
1: And we're going to continue to monitor yep.
0: the on-field performances, you know, yeah. for all these teams. Yeah. And, and and that's about it for the podcast today. Thank you all for listening. You know, it, it would be great if you guys, you know, you guys are really loyal listeners. So thanks a lot. And girls, if yeah. you could spread Everybody. the word, let your friends and your families know what's going on. Send them our link. Yeah. That would be really helpful, really meaningful to us. You know, you guys have been great listeners. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the pod. We'll see you guys next week. This has been Fullerton FC. All right. See you, everybody.